So we're down Ron this week. Hey, don't bury the lead. Ron made international headlines with his ghost Karen ship. He is in our thoughts and prayers, and I hope he makes it out on the other side. Dramatic much? Uh, excuse me, international incident. The fungus among us gave most of that shift encephalitis, and he's stuck in a Mount Everest-sized pile of paperwork, made even bigger by a group of parents demanding to speak with his manager while still being treated for it himself. He called it the carrying. I don't think my dramatics come close to what he's going through, but we must carry on without him. We have important things to discuss. Yes, but we're not talking about vampires today. What? Oh, come on. I know you read my notes this time. Yes, I did. And there was some valid information. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? (sighs) Yes, Angie, your research had some valid points. But none of those points began with the word vampire or demon or witch. Excuse you. I wasn't the person who dropped the W word last time. Oh, we have been through this. Just because the word is there doesn't immediately mean magic or covens or anything like that. Heck, there was a time any woman with her own opinion could just be branded a witch. I am well aware of the rampant sexism that happened during, well, all of history. I've done entire research projects on it which is why I know how to discern the difference between legit evidence of a witch and the angry rantings of a man who got turned down. Right. Like that time you thought a gardener who lived in the woods was Bigfoot? Okay, no, you made your own judgment about that. It was just as likely to have been a Bigfoot. Uh, excuse me, the report that you found said he was carrying a garden gnome. Okay, enough enough of that. Enough of that. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about Bigfoot either. Ron would want to hear about Bigfoot. Yep, well, Ron is facing the Night of the Living Karen's paperwork, so too bad. Can we please get back to the thing that we're actually here to talk about? If you mean witches, then sure. They are not real witches. Don't you dare try to say otherwise right now. Just let me. Okay. Okay. So thanks to Sam getting those pages from the Ashmal text, I was able to dig even deeper into my research. So thank you again for that, Sam. Natch. <clears throat> so. Um, wait. Yes. Like I said last time, I saw at least three distinct symbols that I believe to be factions. I focused on those during my research. And while all three of them have come up a few times, there's one, the one that I am going to send you right now. There you go. That one sticks out. You can see that it's a combination between the cross, a fleur-de-lis, and a moon and mullet. Now, this one has appeared in different variations in documents that lead back to Venice. Venice strong. They're in our prayers. Okay. Uh, What? Ron's not the only one making news about disasters. Anyway, most interesting to me is 
The symbol appears as a stamp on several land deeds in Venice that date back centuries, some all the way back to 400 AD. I tried looking into those more, but it's actually hard to find public records on who owns the land now. So I couldn't find much or really any documentation for those properties. So sadly, right now, I don't know how they've changed hands over the years or even what they're used for now, most of them. Good old Street View shows them as seemingly nondescript buildings now. One of them is a hotel, though. That's the only one I'm sure about. Well, the properties wouldn't have documentation from new owners if the original ones were, you know, they never died. Angie, if you say vampires right now, I swear. I wasn't going to say vampires necessarily. Really? You weren't? No, it could be several things. There are multiple theories of witches having longevity. Living a long time doesn't automatically mean vampires. And if demons, I mean, if they're involved, well, it's a toss-up because of all the conflicting reports about them. Or the more likely scenario, a city that's known for constant flooding, unfortunately, has shitty bookkeeping because paper and ink doesn't keep well when being exposed to water. Sure, if you want to take the convenient explanation. Convenience? It's a city that sits on a lagoon. The fact it's in water is its defining feature. There is a known flood season. It's not like there's a whole term specifically used to describe flooding Venice. Oh, wait. All the more reason that if people could predict these events, they'd take measures to protect their items that could be destroyed by said events, like Oh, I don't know, putting your important documents on the highest shelf if you know there's a chance it's gonna flood? Because nature is so predictable. Let me remind you, Venice is underwater, again, with no warning, thanks to off-season flash flooding. Yep, there have been multiple historical floods in Venice people were completely unprepared for. I mean, the 1966 flood destroyed hundreds of rare books and artworks. It just stands to reason that land deeds were not spared. I hate when Ron's not here. Why? Because without him egging you on, we actually get to say our piece? Ron's our maritime expert, so I'm sure he'd have insight into this. I'm going to still be checking with him later. You do that, and I honestly, honestly, I do hope he manages to find his laptop and all of his research. But He's not here. So, Louisa, please continue. Right. So my next point. uh, Okay. Before I say it, Angie, Mm -hmm. I need you to keep in mind the historical context and not jump to conclusions. Can you do that? When do I not keep the historical context in mind? Makes everything sapphic. Because it's known how well all the gal pals have been accurately labeled throughout history. Please, please don't start. Ron is not here to help me rate you in if you fight. So you need to chill, Angie. Hey, fine, fine. I am keeping the context in mind. Thank you. The other place I found this symbol specifically was in a series of correspondence between members of a noble household known as the De Clermonts in 1950. Okay. The nature of the letters... 
What's so special about 1950? Oh, I uh, read it backwards. I am so sorry. (laughs) See, see, I get told that I'm overzealous. I'm the overzealous one. Seriously. Seriously. I see how it is. I see how it is. I see how it is the 1590s. Okay, (sighs) calm down. It's a reading mistake, Sam. Relax. Always calm. Oh my God! Seriously, don't. Okay. I, I can't believe I don't want to fight with you right now. Right now, I don't. But can can we continue? Anyway, the De Clermonts shared correspondence in 1590. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> and the nature of the letters. Oh God, the nature of the letters is that they were discussing information about Rudolf II of Bohemia and his potential possession of the secret immortality. Right. And you want me to keep in mind the historical context of the medieval ages being rampant with claims of alchemy producing immortality and gold and other fanciful claims to power. Uh, uh, Dang. Exactly. Wow. Angie, I did not think you'd be capable of being this calm about it. Of course I'm calm. Why wouldn't I be? It's not like we were just discussing the possible existence of immortals in Venice or, you know, the fact that it was historical alchemical records that let me blow the lid open on the golden donut. And oh, okay. there she goes. Shit. Um, okay. You said Rudolf II, right? In 1590, he, w- he was ruling at that point. And wasn't that after he moved the seat of power to Prague? And, oh, that, that's going to move my geographical research and at another 400 miles to the Northeast, at least. What what was his dealings with the church? Why would you do that? Oh, the prof was. I was just presenting my my findings. Why would you give her anything alchemy adjacent after last time? I'm sorry. Are you suggesting that Uh, we should keep that pertinent information just because it might be one of Angie's crack Uh, theories? Yes, that's exactly what I'm suggesting. But at the very least, nothing she can twist to her own needs so easily. No, Louisa, Sam, what would I say ever? Mm. We're not getting her to calm down today, are we? Yeah, no. And this is precisely why I'm suggesting we don't give her any more half-cocked information to run away with. That Uh, was right on my foot. Oh, but there's the map. Oh, maybe you're right. (laughs) I got it. Freak Me lleva la fregada. Cannon Fodder is part of the Fundamentals Network. Cannon Fodder is produced by the Fundamentals. Editing by Corey Shrek. Sound mixing by Corey Shrek. Directed by Corey Shrek. Script by Diana Ramsarin, Alejandro Meneses, Lou Costa, and Corey Shrek. Voice cast Diana Ramsarin, Alejandro Meneses, Lou Costa, and Corey Shrek. Special thanks to Thaddeus Stoklas.